Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Hey, welcome. I think it's Bastille Day, July 14th, I just noticed. Um, Sorry I wasn't uh, with you guys uh, yesterday. Um, It was a medical issue, but I'm fine. And uh, so that begins the week on Tuesday, and that means Susan's joining us. Hi, Suze. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. I'm okay. Um, It is Bastille Day, isn't it? July 14th? Yeah. You don't know? I think it is. July 14th sounds like Bastille Day. I just don't know that today is July 14th. Oh, it is, but that's what I just saw on my computer. Okay. Yeah, that it is. Um, okay. So, Yiko. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's normally when I start the week on Monday, it's been three days since I've had to say anything about what's going on in the world. And to have this like four day expanse, uh, there's so much. On a daily basis, I th- who, where did I see? Um, I think it was in uh, Dana Milbank today in the in the Washington Post. <laughs> what every day gets worse. Yeah, right, right, exactly. <laughs> you know, the, the headline is the one constant: Trump's presidency. Tomorrow will be worse. <laughs> it's so. Right. True. No one, no one has, no one is still saying. Well, it couldn't get any worse. No, you can't. Anytime. As a matter somebody... of fact, if you feel tempted to say that, please don't. Yeah, right. Please don't. Uh, unbelievable. It's just unbelievable. It's, it's. I mean, it's true. And you can't, uh, you can't keep up. It's, and it is getting worse. I mean, it's getting really. Well, but that's sort of that's sort of uh, you know uh, predictable because the the, the more um, under siege that person feels, the more erratic his behavior. So you know, and good God, and, and, and the less his grip on reality. Yeah, good God, isn't that scary? Exactly. What is it going to take those people in Washington to move to save the country? Well, I, I don't know. Obviously, they're not. Uh, I mean, I I just, you know, in, in just in regard to uh, the pandemic, to see him to see him actively working um, against uh, all all the things that would help maybe us get you know, a hold of this right. or a leg up. He's actually, it's as if he really wants more and more of us to die. I, yeah, I, but I mean, at the same time, when he strives to discredit Dr. Fauci and instead cites Chuck Woolery, in what <laughs> universe are we? Well, and and how nuts, how nuts does even his um, most loyal you know, no fan have know. to be to not see that the doctor that has been, you know, recognized by six presidents as more than capable um, is maybe someone better to listen to about medicine than Chuck Woolery. Chuck Woolery. I ordered um, four face masks yesterday. Um, they say, trust Fauci. 
and they're they're uh, they they benefit the Democratic Party. But uh, but I yeah I mean give me a oh Susan I don't know I, I just know. don't know I don't know I know it's not fun but you know um, we just can hope that time continues to fly during a pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Oh, we are so fucked. Excuse me, but I know. I know. Words I, I, fail. I do, yeah, we are. We are. We're just uh and and then, you know, and then and then we are faced with a monumental task of, you know, even once we sweep everything and uh and are in firm control, we still are in the middle of a pandemic. We still have to get on the other side of the pandemic, and we have to pray that we can entice half the people that went scurrying out of government to come back. I mean, it's like we have to offer them a, we'll pretend you didn't leave. You'll just slide right back where you were. (laughs) I don't know. You know? I don't know. God help us. He's chased all the competent people out of the government. Um, you know, I was in some of the things that have happened since I was able to, you know, express my horror. Um, the fact that, uh, Lieutenant Colonel, um, Vindman, yeah. Uh, wow. Wow. And all I could think is here's the guy, here's the guy who, when he gave his testimony that killed his career, um, said famously, you know, I had to reassure my father who grew up under, you know, Soviet, uh, you know, under the Soviet system, uh, that this is not a dangerous thing I am doing to speak the truth. This is America. This is why he brought us here, blah, blah, blah. And then to see that Everything his father his daddy had knows him. best, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Un- no, these un- people have a very difficult time uh, discerning who's the hero and who's the traitor. On the on the uh, you know, according to them, on the traitor side is Vindeman and Tammy Duckworth. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Sure. You know, uh-huh. and and on the hero side is Michael Flynn and Roger Stone and Roger Stone. Who, if the, I just, you know, I, I can't figure out if they can only find pictures of him wearing that derby, or well, if he always sports that derby. But he looks so stupid. I have to tell you, there is a video that is chilling of um, Stone being deposed. I don't know what the what particular thing it is, but he is on camera. Uh, facing the camera, and you just sort of see in behind and profile whoever is asking questions. And Susan, his face, he becomes angry at what he's being asked. And he starts, he starts like making these grotesque faces as if he's it, I mean, it looks for all the world like he's in some kind of satanic, uh, you know, uh, uh, something's trying to overtake his body. Right, it is the a, mo- right. He's in the throes of a of a satanic possession. Yes. 
He and 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 and, and, and his fingers start to to curl and and and, and it, 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 you have to see that. I wish I I think I tweeted it out. I did. I tweeted it out because I said, "God, look at this. It is chilling. Chilling. My God, these people." Good God. So anyway, um, I was just reading. Um, uh, in, yeah, I think you sent it to me, actually. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. is frightening. Um, so Mary Trump's book. Um, I There's a Which, piece. Again, because the publishers have figured out that if they can just get enough advanced copies out and it gets leaked, that there's not a leg to stand on to not right, to stop it. <laughs> There wouldn't have been a leg to stand on to stop this anyway. I know. Um, but um, it's really getting good reviews as as because apparently she's a very good writer as well as uh, you know a trained psych- psychologist. So it, it's it's pretty good. But she there's this thing where she talks about the um, I think it was Christmas gifts. Uh, being oh, right. given. The re-gifting? <laughs> yes. And for those of you who didn't hear, she talks about what what uh, the Donald um, and Eva, what was his first wife? Ivana. Ivana. Mm-hmm. Gave to um, her and uh, her brother and her mother. Um, her brother received a handsome leather-bound journal that was two years out of date. Mary, that's the author, received a cellophane-wrapped food basket consisting of crackers and salami and an indentation on the tissue paper where a jar of caviar had been removed. No, where she guessed it was caviar. That was the joke. She didn't know what had been removed. She guessed that it was caviar. Well, she's probably right. 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 <laughs> I mean, what, it. what it had been. Right. Something, the good right. thing was taken out. And um, her mother was given a fancy uh, purse that contained a used Kleenex. <laughs> now, I have to tell and in, in, and And I think it also stated that they, they used to laugh about these things. I mean, you know, it wasn't like... Yeah, I mean, yeah. They just, uh, it, it wasn't surprising. It was, right. you know, what do you think we'll get this time? Right. Um, <laughs> but she pointed out, she points out how um, he was so damaged by his father, as everyone in the family was damaged by the father, but he so wanted his father's approval. And she then draws this line from that neediness where she says, you know, he's a, he's essentially a three-year-old. Um, emotionally. And she says, it's not surprising then that the the people who he deals with now on the world stage who remind him of home are Vladimir Putin right. and Kim Jong-un. It's people, these, these, these autocratic frightening, controlling dictators. It's why he he's drawn to them. It's like, Daddy. Oh, we're in such a fucking nightmare. I can't see straight. All right, so I have... Um, well, unfortunately, at least as regards Kim Jong-un, it appears that his sister, sister. is in, in control. Or, or at least, boy, yeah. 
Does yeah. she have does she have a warrior face? Please. Yeah, she's scary. That whole crap my God. Oi, oi. You can't make it up. I just thought Trump won't want to do, do I mean, she's there are no more talks with North North Korea according to her. But can you imagine Trump having to talk to you? I mean, first of all, he cannot tolerate uh No, he'd hide behind Melania. I know. Melania. Oh God. All right. Well here's something that has nothing to do with any of that. Um it's science stuff and I just love this. I mean, how animals uh, have so much more stuff going on than we do and and their ability to see uh, the world uh, literally in different different ways than we did. So I, this is just from the science. No, it's not. It's from the Wall Street Journal today. Um, elephants actually speak to each other hundreds of miles away. Now you can't, and and you would think what they got a bellow so loud that you can hear them t- hundreds of miles away. No, the opposite. They use low frequency sound to communicate with other elephants, not hundreds, miles and miles away, and we have no ability to hear that sound. It's so low frequency. So can you imagine elephants are talking to each other miles away? We don't even no. hear it. Well, that uh, would give away what they were saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hummingbirds uh, see ultraviolet light that we cannot see. They see colors we cannot imagine. On the other hand, they can't smell. Um, I, you know, you wonder, we think we, we get the world. We don't know. We just get the world that our senses are able to perceive. And we don't know nothing. No, and the people that only watch Fox News know even less. <laughs> Bumblebees. How do you think bumblebees find the flowers? I just assumed they, I don't know what I assumed. I assume they sort of, I was thinking. I think, of, I think, I think other insects leave trails and even claim certain flowers as theirs. Um, I, I think it's all done with scent, isn't it? Well, that's not what I have here. You think bees have noses? I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know either. It has to do with electrical fields. So bees, while they're flying, so they're out there flying, looking for some flowers. And as they fly, they build up a positive electrical charge on their bodies. And... um that happens because there are these tiny filaments um, on their head and on their bodies. Oh, wait a minute. And, I'm going to guess. So they're drawn like a magnet to a, to a flower? Yeah. So they then detect a negative charge that flowers generate. 
So flowers are generating negative charges and the bees flying around are doing positive. So they are drawn, literally drawn to the flower. How cool is that? Well, you mean so our brother was serving me a pile of... uh, What, when he talked about the dance? No, he... Uh, what I remember him telling us is about uh, the dance they do to tell other bees where no, where no, the flowers they, are. But of late, he was telling me about how they they leave a trace, something that declares a flower is theirs and off limits to other species, other insects that can read that. Well, that might be true too. Yeah. Jeez, all this stuff's going on right under our noses, and we are... Here's one about snakes. Pythons and boa constrictors and vipers. They have little holes on their faces, and those are called pit organs. And those holes contain a membrane that detect infrared radiation given off by warm living bodies up to a yard or so away. And so the snake, because of these holes in its head (laughs) with these membranes, essentially see their prey, not really. They set, they they get that the radiation. They see that radiation coming off a warm body, uh, and that way they know there's something there, a prey or a predator, which suggests they don't have very good eyesight, right? Right. I don't know. So there you have it. Anyway, that's just some stuff about. Wow. (laughs) And my favorite story over the last um, weekend was the story out of Japan, out of uh, Tokyo, and uh, their amusement park there that they opened, reopened. And, and, But, you know, obviously they have all kinds of, you know, safeguards in place. And one of the safeguards was you are told when you're getting on their uh, Fuji Q Highland roller coaster, which, by the way, holds the world record for fastest, fastest, why can't I say fastest, fastest acceleration. The roller coaster at this Tokyo park gets to 112 miles an hour in one so what's point. what's the G-force as you go up? Oh my in God. 1.5 seconds. Oh, my God. How, how the hell is that possible? Well, that could not be real pleasant feeling to be slammed against the back of your seat and then dropped. Oh. I don't get it. I don't understand why anybody likes it. But here's the new rule. New rule. You cannot scream. Well, how can you help it? <laughs> well, that's the obvious follow-up question. You cannot You cannot scream. voluntarily scream. Yeah, you cannot scream. And they had the head 
of the park and his boss uh, ride. They have a video of them riding this thing in stoic silence, showing that it's possible. What you, fun. <laughs> Anyway, they say if someone screams, then nothing will happen to them, but they're begging people to try not to because... They uh, just let out all of those hanging viruses, which the cars in back of you ride through. Yeah, I mean, that, you're spewing stuff into... I mean, I, I don't see it as a problem, but the no scream at the park is... Uh, um, I don't know. Anyway, so there why you have. We, why do we need amusement parks to open? I mean, I understand it's jobs and everything, but I'm. Susan. Well, and that's where we go. I don't want to spend the, the whole rest of my life in jail. Yeah, well, you might have to because a lot of people can't help themselves. They they just can't. So that brings us to Disney World, which of course is situated in probably Florida. The, hottest coronavirus spot in the world. It's the hotbed of the Democratic hoax. <laughs> so there you have Disney World. And um, it reopened on Saturday, I guess. Have you seen anything about, was anyone there? Gosh. Yeah. What I, what I heard was that, um, uh, that it was sort of miraculous because there were very few people there there you know there weren't lines there were temperature checks at every place before you could enter any ride and everything was very sanitized and <laughs> yeah um, it no was probably a rather know. pleasant disney world experience because there were no one was there throngs in lines yeah it's like going to senior hours at costco in green yeah. bay there's no one there great <laughs> so um, there was this quote uh, from one of the employees there, uh, and, and this is right before it opens. I think this is a story from fr uh, the Friday before it opened, and there was something so funny about this line. Here's the sentence that made me just guffaw right out loud. I feel safe because Disney has gone above and beyond what they needed to do. An employee named Sam says, Sam says, standing near Fantasyland. <laughs> uh, didn't, you, didn't you get kicked out of Disney World? Yeah. Well, I didn't get kicked. I got censored, and uh, my work was uh, deep sixed. I, it was on um, garbage. I, or something. I have never. I have. I. I developed such an antipathy toward Disney uh, Land, Disney World, Disney any of it. After that trip, I. Um, I spent a week down there in Orlando doing. TV reports uh, for WTAE TV and Susan, they, I felt like I was in, yeah, like some kind of crazyville, like Westworld. I didn't, I mean, I just felt like I, um, I was never allowed to be alone 
it was like being in North Korea, I guess. I don't know. Um, <laughs> they, I mean, I literally was followed by this awful young man. And he would say things to me like, no, you can't. <laughs> All the time. No, no, no. Please don't take that picture. He, show, he showed me the most, I mean, I did see something that most people don't get to see, which is amazing, which is what is underneath Disney World. It's an entire city um, that runs like, it's amazing. There's like, you know, little trains going and, and a whole, all the, what I, I remember he showed me how the garbage is disposed of down there, how the, anything that's thrown into a garbage can, how it goes into the, I mean, it's just amazing. I said, oh, my God, I can't, what, I've got to, wow. And I start, you know, and as soon as my photographer started to shoot it, he said, no, no, this is just, no, you can't. I said, what do you mean? This is so fascinating. This is amazing. And he said, you cannot do a story on where the garbage goes because there is no garbage in the magic kingdom. <laughs> and we wonder where Trumpsters came from. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus! God! Oh, oh, and then the one that did get me in trouble was I was on some island, Discovery Island, it was called. I've heard it since been closed down, Discovery Island. And um, that was, it seemed like a sort of natural habitat-y kind of thing with lots of wild birds and stuff. And I was, um, I was brought to this little hut where they were making lunch for uh, some of the birds that live there. And um, there were these bowls set out. And in a number of the bowls, there were dead mice. And I said, God, who's eating that? And, of course, it was some kind of carnivorous, big bird. Scary, scary bird. Yeah. <laughs> and... I said to the guy, does Mickey, does Mickey know? <laughs> does Mickey know you're Has feeding? Been here? <laughs> you're feeding his, his buddies uh, to the birds on Discovery? And the guy did not laugh. I mean, did not laugh. And I looked at my photographer, and I just sort of like, he, he understood. And I was saying, please get a picture of these bowls. And so he surreptitiously, you know, he had the camera sort of under his, he right. surreptitiously got the picture. And so I happily go back and do a story, and I use that. Well... It never. I assure you, no one in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania ever saw that piece. <laughs> I found out later. It was called well, well, WWMD. <laughs> what would Mickey do? <laughs> what would Mickey do? It was, and I had not known that every piece I did, the WTAE producer 
immediately sent over to, yeah, the the sensors at Disney, and and that one just they they went at you know they went nuts. Said there's no way, obviously. So I have never been so enraged and freaked at living in this bizarre place, and also seeing the complicity of. Uh, WTAE's producers in allowing themselves to be used as, you know, just a PR organ. Just to do a puff piece, right. Yeah, do nothing but puff pieces. You know, they brought the wrong reporter if that's what they wanted to do. Jesus. Yeah, because you were going to expose Mickey (laughs) killing. Does make I mean, I had a great shot of Mickey. on the job, investigative reporter. (laughs) Can you imagine? I mean, we had this great shot of, you know, Mickey, happy Mickey with a kid and, you know, say, greeting everybody. And, you know, and then ominous music as, does Mickey know? Well, I don't know about your any, anybody else's kids, but on the couple of occasions that we did actually take the kids once to uh, Walt, to, to, to Disney uh, World in Florida, and uh, um, those those life size uh, characters that would show up at breakfast or stuff that loom around a child did not did not make my kids happy. They were absolutely terrified. terrified of them. I think a lot of well, that's like you know some kids at Chuck E. Cheese they don't like those big guys either. Oh, and that's another thing. I my photographer was taking when we were down under in the basement area. He was taking pictures of like the characters um lounging around the people in those costumes without their heads on. So it was the body and then a human right. a, a So human he's taking pictures out. and oh my god, the guy went berserk again. You can't <laughs> And I remember, I remember, oh, I, w- I was asked at one point, somebody said, you know, none of the male employees are allowed to have facial hair. And, I thought you were um, going to say something else. <laughs> no, no. Okay. They are not allowed to have facial hair. <laughs> and I said, I remember, I said, what? I mean, that's really weird. Because Walt Disney... Had a mustache. Yeah. So what? Huh? And got all sort of. Oh my God! What a fucking nightmare. Hey, I got a good story. I mean, as good a story as you know you can have in these day and age. And this too, I think, came out of the Wall Street. Not no, the Washington Post today. Um, it's about a woman. Uh. Did you see this? I think I saw it on the on the uh, nightly news last night. The nursing home woman. Yes. Yes. Is I I told mother that go tell the story. It just makes me totally oh. love her. Oh, her name is Mary Daniel. She's fifty-seven years old, and she's a woman to be reckoned with. She's, she's the chief executive of uh, her own company. Uh, that is in the healthcare field helps uh, patients with their health care bills. Uh, unfortunately, her husband, Daniel. Daniel? Oh, no. 
Because <laughs> I think her husband's name is Daniel Daniel. No, her, <laughs> her husband, uh, Steve, uh, has early onset Alzheimer's and um, is in a a memory care unit of a of a nursing home. And she was there every night with him, um, getting him ready for bed, uh, staying with him until he fell asleep. And um, she said, I mean, I, you know, whatever. Sounds like, you know, wonderful couple. And she, um, everything was fine until, of course, the pandemic. And on March 10th, she was told as she was leaving, uh, seeing him, that she could not come back, that visitors were no longer permitted. And um, she said for him, it was, you know, he didn't, it was hell, absolute hell. She didn't know what to do. And then she figured it out, right? She saw there was a job opening at the place and it involved doing dishes mopping floors she took it and after she does all that work this this ceo does all that drudge work she goes to her husband's room and stays with him until she she has to leave. And she says that, um, I mean, the home says they, they just love her, that she is amazing. And she obviously has helped him. But isn't that a, yeah? that is such a wonderful story. Well, she loves him. And she intends to take care of him and love him to, you know, the end of his days. I just, uh, yeah, but right. What, what, okay, so I'll wash the dishes. Yeah. I'll sweep some floors. I'll do whatever. No problem. Oh. Um, Bob says, Lynn and Susan, did you hear about the former game show host? Yes, yeah, we already talked about it. Chuck Chuck Woolery, yeah. Dating um, game. Is that what he was? Really? Yeah. Yeah, he was the original dating game guy. He did a lot of them, but that was him. Ugh. And he is a notorious, you know, tinfoil right-wing right, crazy right. person. Right, 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 right. Um, the other thing I, I wanted to say something about, because it's so... Um, it's just so impressive uh, thinking back again to s- something that happened, what, seems like five years ago, but it's probably just a few weeks ago. I don't know. Uh, when uh, the the black uh, man who was a birder in Central Park, you know, came, asked a woman right, to right, right. blah, 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 and she called the cops on him, yada, yada, yada. She lost her job, she lost her dog, she lost all that. And then on top of it, I guess this week or last week, she was charged uh, by, the, by the Manhattan DA uh, with uh, filing a false report. And the birder, 
who had the same name as she yeah, did. Collins. I, aren't they both Collins? Cooper, 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 Cooper. Um, his name was uh, Christian Cooper, and she was Amy, Amy Cooper. Should have been Karen, right? Uh, Christian Cooper. When he was called uh, to, you know, comment, he said. Um, She's already paid a steep price. That's not enough. That's not enough of a deterrent to others. Bringing her more misery just seems like piling on. And he went on to say the DA can pursue this without me. Yeah, there's a lot of people that disagree with them that want them to... You know. No, she has. I mean, come on. I, right. I agree with him. That I I agree with guy. him too. I'm not saying I don't, but I you know, when reading comment threads, which I do, there are a lot of people oh, sure. that didn't agree. Yeah. 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 Gigi says, I love the science stuff. I work with birds. And yes, all bird species see in the UV spectrum. All of them do? Which we do not. Oh, she's attached a photo, which she, uh, it's a northern saw-wet owl, a small species which migrates through here in the fall and spring. Um, A researcher discovered that the owl's wings glow under UV light. The reason is that they have a substance called porphyrin in their feathers, the amount of glowing and color helps determine how old the owl is because the porphyrin fades with age. Yeah, it doesn't everything. Um, also, by chance, a researcher discovered that flying squirrels also glow under UV light. Why? Pretty cool, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Jeez, the stuff. Hey, speaking of science, did anybody uh, catch the uh, comet? No, I did not. Did you catch a comet? Um, I did not, but, you know, my my son is always sort of interested in these right, things. Right. So, uh, yesterday morning, he set his alarm uh, in Chicago for 420 and went out on his uh, top of uh, his bedroom balcony that looks across the rooftops of, uh, of of Chicago and set up his telescope and he caught it. He got the comet uh, both through his telescope and and naked eye and just beautiful. It's a big. It? It's a big it, one. Yeah. It's what did that, I read? It's like three miles across. I mean, not right. To- I mean, that's the width of it. Three miles width. And it, and it only comes this close to us every, what, 6,793 years or something like that. We never saw it before. It's just weird. It's just very weird. And it buzzed really close to the sun and picked up a whole, its tail got a lot longer because it kicked up a lot of, I don't understand. Well, the weirdest thing that I read, because after I saw the pictures that he took, I went and looked it up, is that appearing now, it appears tail first. What? Yeah, don't ask me why, but it looks, when you see it, it appears tail first. I don't know. And And the very interesting way to find it, according to the thing, because it appears right above the horizon line, and it's still, it's still visible for the next couple of days. 
is you just go outside and you hold your fist out, your arm out straight from the shoulder with your fist locked, and then it's about one fist foot up from the horizon, and that's how you look for it. North, 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 east in the morning, north, north, west at dusk. Jeez. Well, something tells me I won't be doing it. First of all, I'm not in a position to see the horizon. Yeah. I got trees everywhere. You got trees and you got light pollution, too. So Well, but he was in Chicago, and I, I was amazed at the number of lights that were uh, visible yeah. and the number of stars that were visible, I mean. Susan, um, Keith uh, begs to uh, differ. He says, uh, Chuck Barris did the dating game. Chuck Woolery was love connection. Oh, he's absolutely right. I am wrong. Yeah. I am wrong. I am wrong. <laughs> Love Connection, which uh, Keith says was a syndicated piece of crap that ran late at night usually, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I ever saw it, frankly. Um, I knew it was some girl-boy thing. Yeah. So uh, what else I got here? Uh, oh, I, I, I also want – I don't know if – did you guys all see that um, Pittsburgh made the New York Times yesterday? Oh, God. Not in a good way. Uh, the headline, Pittsburgh flattened its curve, but now cases are surging. Um, and there's a lovely picture of a bunch of idiot yinzers uh, boating in the Allegheny River, which you would think would be fine, but no. These people have managed to take what would be a safe activity, and they've all pulled their boats so that they're like right next to each other, and they're going from boat to boat, and they're drinking and uh, having a fine old time, and not a one of them has a mask on. Oh, I think one guy does. One guy seems to. Um, But they talk about... uh, what's happened here. And it says the spike in the Pittsburgh area offers a cautionary tale. Even after months of vigilance, an outbreak can flare up all of a sudden. And while the nation's current flood of new cases is being driven primarily by the spread of the coronavirus in the South and in the West, experts fear that other parts of the country could be close behind. Yeah. Like us. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know there was a caller. I didn't notice. Frankly, you guys have not been calling very much, and I've gotten used to not looking. I I find out I have a caller on my cell phone when Amy... Uh, texts me, and I have to admit I hadn't even been checking because <laughs> I've gotten so used to not having anybody call. So I'm blaming a you for me not noticing I had a caller. Um, How Trumpian of you. I know. Anyway, it says here in this New York Times article, just in case you didn't know, the next few weeks could prove pivotal for Pittsburgh. And then they end it with a, a really smart quote from uh, one of the newer members of the Allegheny County uh, Council, Bethany Hallam, um, 
who, if I am correct, has served time in prison, I think, and is a recovered, recovering, I guess they say, heroin addict. And um, she, every time I see her on the news, she is so smart. So Bethany Hallam said that the state needs to rethink the terminology they use because she said under the plan, the governor's plan, uh, counties were moved into what was called the green phase. That's where we were. And um, she said to anybody from a two-year-old to a hundred-year-old, green means go. So we went to green and everybody went wild. And I think that's true. You can't tell people in this day and age, hey, we're green. Good to go. And that's what happened. People heard green. We have, we've, that's what we think. Red means stop. Green means go. And off we went. Well, you never should have gone before, beyond amber. I'm just saying. No, no, I agree. I agree. But see, this is economics that drive this, not, not health. Clearly, economics driving it. But it, it's, it's, it's penny wise, pound foolish. It's, it's, um, it's not being well, will, if we willing had taken to do all that. that stimulus that we gave to, you know, to, uh, and it's not that just the Catholic church. I don't know why it was decided that suddenly taxpayer dollars were going to churches, mosques, synagogues. I don't approve of any of it. They were explicitly included, so why shouldn't they take it? And and at the same time, all of that money should have been going straight to people so that they could afford to stay home. Of course. Which is why, and you know... I'd even have did. disposable yeah. dollars then to yeah. at yeah. least online keep some of those yeah. businesses open. Yeah, but we don't like doing that because it sounds like that's welfare. We'll give it to rich people all the time so it trickles down, but we will not go directly to the people in need. We have a caller. Hello. Hi, Lynn Collins show. And hello, sister, uh, Susan Nutzel. Um, <laughs> hello. Left, look, yeah, I was the caller. You guys left me on hold so much uh, for so long. I, I had a, too many bong hits and too many shots of tequila. I couldn't remember uh, what I was going to talk about. But it, but it's come back to you. Back I'm I sorry. I literally did not know you were there. I'm sorry. I, hey, so look, that's a story of my life. But, um, I, I, one thing I did want remember I wanted to talk about is that I think you guys missed the lead on the story about amusement parks in Japan banning oh. uh, screaming. Really? Uh, I don't know. There was I, I read it in either the Wall, the Wall Street Journal or um, uh, the Huff Post or something. Or no, Daily Beast. But at the end of the video, if you notice, there is a message from the government and from the guy that owns this. Oh, I know what it is. Is it the the phrase, please scream inside your heart? 
Yes. <laughs> it is so totally That sounds Japanese. painful. <laughs> it's so oh Japanese. God. It's so oh. Japanese. It's it's either gonna get the it's either I've never gotten a tattoo before, but that might be a tattoo I might get. (laughs) Or maybe the name of our new new next record. Please, screaming in my heart. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Screaming in my heart. <laughs> oh my god. That's what that's what totally freaked me out about that article. I No, you're right. You're right. I I didn't have that part of the little piece of I think of we me. put that I think we put that on a face mask. I mean, I think that's a good one. Screaming yeah. in my heart. Mm-hmm. Please yeah. scream inside your heart. Yeah. yeah, I like the please too, not please scream in inside your heart. Just okay. please scream inside your heart. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Well, there. That's what you wanted to say, and you remembered, even though you no, were. There are a couple other things. If oh, you okay. Expect. All right. Um, uh, well, the please scream inside my heart. I sent to uh, my niece, who's like uh, I think thirteen now, and she grew up with the whole Disney tentacles. And let me tell you, they are horrible. And but uh, that's actually not what I wanted to talk about. What I wanted to talk about is you guys have both um, uh, I've talked about the um, pharmaceutical industry enlisting us as people to request request drugs from our doctors right yeah well i've noticed a really weird trend lately that they're direct marketing to pets to request (laughs) drugs from their vets (laughs) i swear to god no there's this one where there's this talking dog and he's like i'm a talking dog and he's, I, I think. Oh, that's right. I think he wants Soresto. Soresto uh, or something. Soresto, Soresto, Soresto. And he's really <laughs> annoying and sarcastic. Yeah. And he's asking the doctor for this and telling the doctor that and bossing the doctor around. I want this. So here's my plan I'm going to adopt a dog and take it to a vet. I might need some uh, ventriloquism uh, skills, but I'm just going to have the dog tell the vet, bike it in. Oh, honest to Pete. (laughs) And then then the the doctor will say, well, we can give you some aspirin and ibuprofen and Tylenol. If you use that, the pain will, no, this hip dysplasia is really hurting me. I need bike it in. And hopefully he'll be a Doberman, so the dog will be so, uh, you, you know, uh, hard, hard to argue with. I'll give you my yeah, kid. yeah, hard to argue with. Wait a minute, are you? I don't mind you doing bong hits in the morning, but you're not doing Vicodin. Begin, I am beginning to believe in the tequila. <laughs> the last time that I did Vicodin was maybe like five years ago, and it was because I had an operation on my tongue to remove some uh, precancerous uh, whatever it was. And Ooh. after they sewed up my tongue, they, they gave me some Vicodin, and I was like, uh, can I have some more? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, okay. And then finally, the third time I asked for a refill for this prescription, they were like, 
no. Well, we good, because what, do you want to become an opioid addict? No, but I would like to have a few Vicodin on the shelf just in case I'm in pain, <laughs> which I was last week with sciatica, and they wouldn't give me huh. anything. It, they Everybody has sciatica. Stop sitting. No, but they wouldn't give me anything for pain. <laughs> they would only give me like uh, these uh, things that are supposed to, I don't know. Okay, here's a okay, but just this what? is my advice to the whole world that probably 90% of us have sciatica. Get two mm-hmm. tennis balls or two balls specifically made for this purpose. Lie on your back on top of those balls right at the, you know, and work them around and I'm let me tell you that helps. It feels good. Look. I was lying on my back on top of balls for a long time, and I did not get financial recompense for lying on balls on my back. <laughs> no, I, no, seriously, Susan, I tried that. I tried the back massage. I tried the stretches, the everything. Yeah. Yeah. And then finally they gave me a prednisone or something, like a, something that's better. Yeah. And did it go away? Well, yeah, and I'm not sure whether it was from the prednisone, but yeah, apparently well, it relieved whatever inflammation away. was doing it. That's right; it's an anti-inflammatory. That's correct. Right. Oh That's my right. God, we sound like a bunch of old shoes. Yeah, yeah I know, I know. Road. We're having it. We're I'm having an effing right. organ recital. <laughs> All, All right, Pete. Oh, okay. cut it Let's out. Okay. Yeah. All right. Love you best. I love okay. you too. Bye. Um. I want to point out that um, in uh, some of the uh, surprising uh, Supreme Court uh, findings of the of the last term, uh, that I mean, I was surprised that uh, both. I'm I'm just excuse me. I can't talk either. I'm just suspicious. Yes, but the fact that Kavanaugh. And Gorsuch on one or two occasions, uh, you know, broke ranks with the uh, where you would think they would uh, be. And I think it was uh, is Kavanaugh who quite clearly said in regard to uh, Trump's uh, the 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 Manhattan D.A.'s uh, right to see his uh, tax returns. Uh, Kavanaugh said, quote, in our system of government, as this court has often stated, no one is above the law. And that principle applies, of course, to a president. Now, you know, that must have made Trump go berserk. So that was good. What are his judges turning on him for? And Gorsuch, who was the one that wrote the... Um, for the the Native American, for the Oklahoma tribe, which was an amazing uh, one as well. I, I just want to say that, wow, you know, I, I know... Where well, the, com- the, the, the Oklahoma one, I just adored. Oh. I oh. mean, you know, exactly. At what point oh. does the United States have to live up to its treaties? Jeez. Oh, my God. So... Anyway, just saying that uh, little bits of hope here and uh, and there.
very little probably, but uh, still. Um, and I want to uh, do a shout out to, um, I want to thank, first of all, Delena for sending me this. It's something I had vaguely known of way, way back when and totally had forgotten about. Um, and it's an amazing story. I think I, I posted it all by myself, I think, on, on the Facebook page. Um, oh. I think I did. I haven't looked, but I think I did yesterday. And it was about the fact that the when we think of EMTs of uh, of ambulances, you know, you call call an ambulance, and this, when we think of all of that and what we assume happens, that trained people come and maybe start working on you immediately and get you to the hospital. That is a relatively recent innovation, which shocked me. Turns out that into the 1960s, if you called an ambulance, what you got was, yeah, a kind of ambulance with, um, with police guys who'd come and throw you on a stretcher do absolutely nothing for you. They were trained in no way in any kind of medical intervention. They would just speed you to a hospital. And a lot of people, obviously, died (laughs) on the way. Turns out there's a guy at, I think, the University of Pittsburgh um, who is also called the father of CPR, Uh, Dr. Safar, I think his name was. And he dreamed up this way to get jobs to uh, black men in the Hill District and establish, uh, he created the first, he trained these guys. EMT Corps, right. It was the very first one here in Pittsburgh in the black ghetto because the cops wouldn't even show up to get you if you were sick there. So these guys became so amazing. Um, they, he, they were totally trained. They could, you know, they, they could do all the stuff that EMTs now do. I mean, they, they were amazing. All African-American. And they were doing such incredible work that the mayor here said, hmm, well, we'd like to get, we'd like to have that, and they essentially took it over. The city, this is under Mayor Pete fucking Flaherty, they took the ambulance uh, that these guys had created, service, it was called the Freedom House Ambulance Service. They took it, appropriated it, absconded with it, put it under the city, and threw every single one of those black people out of work. Yeah, Pittsburgh. Listen, there is a documentary on this, and it is the fact that um, this is where the idea of EMTs came from, and it was after Pittsburgh did this 
before the city took it over, that other cities started to have similarly uh, well-staffed. Uh, I can't. I was stunned by that. You did not have EMTs until the '60s. Check out freedomhousedoc.com um, and how that ambulance service came out of out of Pittsburgh. We have a caller. Caller, go ahead. And good morning, Lynn and Susan. I have a, um, a memory that I wanted to share. I met your sister Susan at the Pleasant Present in um, Yeah Hill. Yeah. And, yeah. And are them are those guys doing well? Do you know? Oh no, that store's yeah. been closed down for a long, 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 long time. Oh, oh, I know it's been closed. I just thought maybe you, you. Oh, oh Michael, yes, they're doing well. Michael's doing well. That's Michael is is retired and and is baking amazing things. And um, yeah, he's he's fine. That's, that's wonderful. No, I I really enjoyed your talk about the elephant. Now I have a Factopedia by Charlotte Lowe. And this really amazed me. Unlike most mammals, which grow baby teeth and then replace them with a permanent set of adult teeth, elephants have cycles of tooth rotation throughout their entire life. Over their lives, they usually have 28 sets of teeth. Wow. Wow. Some of us could use that, huh? Right. I wish our teeth would rotate. But, you know, that means, though, they have to be teething all the time, which is not pleasant. So teeth must fall out, and then they just create new ones. Rotate. It might even be like a bicycle chain. You know how it moves. No. How could that be? No, they fall out and they get (laughs) new ones. I'm pretty sure. (laughs) Oh, wait a minute. My bicuspid is now my, uh, yeah, Let's see. What are some of the other teeth? I forget. Uh, molars. Molars. Canines. Oh. Canines. There you go. Canine is what I was thinking of. That is so cool. Yeah, I thought, and I have a little joke if you want to hear it. All right. Proceed it, it, at your own risk. Go ahead. Okay. There, there was two ants on on the t- television screen, and mm-hmm. they were crawling and crawling and crawling, and one of the ants started crying, and the other ant says. What's the matter? Why are you crying? And she says, we're lost. And he says, oh, no, don't worry. I brought a TV guide. (laughs) All right. Okay, that's all. You're out of here. Goodbye. Goodbye. Oh, God. Okay. All right. You know, dumb jokes are uh, a godsend these days, though. Seriously. I was sort of hanging out, hanging on here, trying to get uh, the latest numbers, but they're so horrific these days, I don't want to see them. There was a slight drop yesterday, finally below three uh, digits, but that's assumed that it's just lack of reporting over the weekend, so I'm expecting that this will go way up again. Um, So whatever, not too cool. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Well, Sue. Uh, well, bye, everybody. Be well. Yeah. Be safe. And uh, guys, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Um, have a good, good one. Bye.
Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.